This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show! Spoiler alert! What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. What did you watch this week? My name is Mike. And as always, I'm John. So, John, how was your yes, weekend? Uh, my weekend. How was my weekend? I feel like my weekend was a blur. Yeah, my weekend was kind of a blur. How about yours? How was your weekend? Uh, similar, actually. Similar. Yeah? Yeah. One of those where, like, you know you had a good time and you know you had, like, stuff that you did, but you're just having a hard time remembering it? Yeah. No, no, I remember what I did. Oh, okay. I remember what I did, yep. Yep. No, I do remember what I did. It's just, um, yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Saturday was just, it was a very busy day for me. And, uh, we, uh, we did go on a, uh, the Saco nature preserve bog walk. Very nice one. If you ever get a chance. Okay. Nice. I'll have to check that out. But didn't get a lot watched. Didn't watch anything this weekend with Julia. Um, most of my watching was during the week or right before this recording. How long is the walk? Um, we were out there a good hour, hour and a half, I think. Ooh, that is yeah. cool. Hey, Kate, yeah. Saco Nature Preserve Bog Walk. Yeah, we definitely got to go. So, uh, no, I, I actually, I, I watched, I got, I watched a lot, I guess, compared to really? recent weeks. Okay. Compared to recent weeks okay. i watched a lot actually okay uh yep. fill me in let's uh let's talk some why well, why, don't, why don't you tell us about legends of tomorrow oh do i have to why what 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 did i do to you did i shit in your cereal you're like gonna come at me right off like the first thing no, you're gonna do i said like, to you, you i said to you hey i got my new headset how does it sound and you're like <laughs> i still hear static <laughs> i'm like are you serious no <laughs> see so that's why you get to talk about legends so first off that is a gross mischaracterization uh i i never went <laughs> I, I didn't laugh at all actually i kept a straight face through the whole thing um and secondly it was rather amusing because the uh the 10 to 15 seconds of dead silence on your end when i knew your brain immediately clicked into the are you fucking kidding me mode yep. 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 was absolutely worth it so Anywho, Legends, uh, I realized it took me until this episode, but I realized why this season of Legends kind of sucked the big one. Uh, 
Why? And that's because one of the things that we've always loved about Legends is how goofy and zany it gets. And this season was so bogged down in realism. Like, yes, you could say, oh, they were chasing aliens and, and stuff like that. But there was hardly any time travel. There was hardly any ridiculous set pieces. They they spent all of their time, like, doing real world things, you know, coping with uh, John's issues with losing uh, his magic and, and Bayrod and the two Zaris. Everything was like Flash. You know, it was all human elements and it was all realism. And, oh, uh, I miss Ava. And, oh, are we going to get Sarah back? Like, it it didn't do the normal legends goofiness where they basically just say, fuck it. We're going to go have Napoleon joust against Marie Antoinette or something like that. So I think that that's what hurt them this season is that they turned into too much of the flash or arrow and tried to uh, bring everything to a more realistic end. Oh, Oh, how can you say it was realistic when they had an episode where they were bowling for the fate of the earth? It really though, I mean, that was pretty lame, so to speak, or, or, or in in all actuality. Um, Mick gave birth to alien babies through his nose. Uh, again, I didn't feel that that was on par for Legends ridiculousness. So that's the hill that I'm going to not die on, but that's the hill that I'm going to stand on my soapbox and proclaim. This is why Legends sucked this season, um, and go from there. So. Basically, Bayrod mysteriously has a mushroom in a pot that is John Constantine, and he gets people to eat part of it so that they can communicate with John. And it's really John being tied to the the fountain of Imperium, which, as we learned in the last episode, is a giant mushroom. And he basically tells them that they need to, you know, regrow it. Okay. So that they can protect the earth. Okay. And, uh, so they go back and they find that Spooner's in like a coma type thing because she was connected to the fountain, but now the fountain is dead or dying. It's not really dead, even though it was dead last episode, but now it's just dying. And uh, so they decide, wow, we're about to get invaded by aliens that can uh, move like the, the weeping angels and look like slee stacks. And uh, we're, we're going to get overrun. Let's go back in time and find Bishop before he became all evil. Great. Awesome plan. They find Bishop before he became all evil. They get him to help work on a cure for this thing. Awesome. Uh, what's the next course of action? Fuck it. Let's have a wedding. World's going to end. Aliens are invading only in that one spot in, in Texas, mind you. They, they, they decided to forego, you know, landing in another part of the world or the entire world. Just that one spot in Texas, they're going to land their, their little ships and come down. And also one alien per pod. That's horribly inefficient for people who have mastered the art of like interstellar travel. They, they get one per pod. That's dumb. Anywho. Yeah. So let's have a wedding and let's, let's, you know, say our vows and, you know, get everything all prepped. Cause we've got time before the aliens get here. Why not? If we're going to die, we might as well go out married. Cause you know, that's the most important thing in the world. And, uh, they, they do get married, except for they, they forget to do their uh, vows. Um, but in the meantime, while they're getting overrun inside the shack by, you know, the millions of slee stacks, I don't even remember what they were called, but I'm calling them slee stacks because fuck it. Um, they, they discover that, you know, uh, now 
Spooner has the power to pull the powers out of one person and put them in another person. And this also includes like pulling the power of the wind totem out of a person and putting it into Mick so that he could just, you know, blow wind out of his hands, even though he isn't wearing the bracelet, which doesn't work that way. But, you know, pulling Nate's power to turn to steel out of him and putting in an Ava or pulling Sarah's regeneration, which isn't really a power. It's more part of her genetic makeup. Um, pulling that out of her and putting it into Bayrod so that he can recover from the poison that's going to cause him to lose his arm or, you know, Sarah with the ax is going to cause him to lose his arm. So yeah, they, they do this little round Robin thing where they keep throwing powers back and forth and then decide, Oh, fuck it. We forgot to do the vows. Let's all huddle up while Kayla holds them all back with her tentacles and, uh, do the, uh, the power of love. Let's all do our vows and be wife and wife. And Oh, that power of love makes humans worthy again. And the fountain Imperium regrows and destroys all of those silly stacks. Did, did I miss anything, Mike? No, that sounds about the terribleness I sat through. Oh God. And, and you know it was bad, too, because they didn't even really give us a preview of next season, all, except for the teams walking across the field towards the Wave Rider. Another version of the Wave Rider comes out of the sky, blows up their version, and then fucks off back into the sky. <laughs> that was it. Like, last time we got Sarah being abducted, the time before that we got the the uh, mythological creatures, we've had hell, we've had... Like, this time we're just like, nah, fuck it, here comes the wave rider, it's blowing you up, bye! Hmm. Not impressed. Yes, I wasn't... Not, exactly, I was... Uh, I was not impressed either. So... And I mean, it's nope. too bad because we used to love it so much, but God damn, we did. I'm not ready to give up on it. I'll just watch the next season. So, yeah. Yep. I'll just watch the next season. Yep. Pretty much. So what did you watch that is good? Oh my God. Ted Lasso. <laughs> Um, you liked I, Ted Lasso this week? Oh, it was so good this week. Like, it sincerely was. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not even, like, when the characters are just seems to be beyond good, I don't know. I believe it all. I, I buy it all. I like it all. We got two episodes we watched uh, Do the Rightest Thing, which uh, <laughs> Jamie tries to apologize to the players uh, for being a dick in the past. Um, and rightfully so. They are. You know, they're unresponsive. So yeah. we get um, Led Tasso. Led Tasso. And Led Tasso is basically Ted Lasso with sunglasses on just being the biggest dick in the world mm-hmm. uh, to everybody. And his team is just so confused by it all. And then Jamie kind of not tells him off, but it's just kind of like gives him grief about it. So yeah, he like- rips into Jamie. He's like, don't fuck with the team, man. Yeah. So he rips into Jamie. So, of course, everybody then um, um, basically goes to Jamie's side. Yeah. They all kind of like fist bump him on the way out. Like, hey, man, thanks for having our back. Yeah. And um, 
I like how when uh, Coach Beard snaps Ted out of he's like, how long was I gone? Long enough. Did it work? It did. And then Sharon, the therapist, like, I see what you did there. Well, what's that? You know, blah, 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 blah. And she's basically like, good job. You know what I mean? Like, I thought yeah, she yeah. would like shit on him somehow, but she didn't. She was like, good job. <laughs> um, but Jamie does go talk to Sharon. You know, looking for advice, if you will. Uh, we see Sam. Sam's on uh, Keeley got Sam a photo shoot for Dubai Air, the team's major sponsor. Mm-hmm. And he's all proud of himself. And then his dad's basically like, oh, I can't believe you would be a shill for that company. I'm so disappointed in you because look what their parent company, some oil company is doing to, you know, Nigeria. And so Sam's like, yeah, I can't be I can't represent them because of this reason. And Keely and, and um, what's her face? Rebecca's like, OK, we understand. And um, which was mighty good of them. Yeah. So Sam decides to cover the logo on his shirt. Right. And the rest of the team follows suit. Well, two couple of the other players do. And then Jamie covers up his shirt, you know, to be a team supporter of Sam. You know what I mean? To show right. We're all family here. Yeah. And so the rest of the team all follow suit as well. And um, what's funny is earlier in the show, Rebecca had called the, uh, the owner of Dubai air basically. And was just like, Hey, you know, like, cause they were her, her husband and him were friends. And she's basically like, Hey, Sam doesn't want to be on this. Doesn't want to be the sponsor anymore. We'll find somebody else, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's like, yeah, no problem. Just, you know, fire Sam and we'll, we'll, we'll forget all about it. So she basically is, as they call the tough bitch boss and sends her an email, sends him an email basically saying, no, I'm not going to do that. And yeah. then he, relents actually mm-hmm. um, we got to uh we got to meet sassy's kid through all this yeah nora great what did you think of her i liked her a lot yeah i liked her quite a bit um it's funny because what i actually one of the biggest parts i like the most is when rebecca and nora run into um roy and his niece because he's buying her a doll and they're walking along and Roy once again gives Rebecca some some advice about, you know, kids like you don't have to entertain them all the time. Were you entertained all the time when you were a kid? No, I wasn't. Exactly. <laughs> Either was I. Hey, Uncle Roy, can we have the ice cream for dinner? No, that's dumb. Oh, you're right, Uncle Roy. Thanks for setting boundaries for me. Like, I, that was hilarious. <laughs> it and was, then, but it was it was good. Yeah. And then he's like, they just want they just they don't care what you do. They just want to know that you're taking an interest in them or that you're mm-hmm. letting them take an interest in what you're doing. Watch, watch this. Hey, oi. Yeah. Yes. Uncle Roy, you want to go to my podiatrist appointment? <gasps> Can I, that would be, uh, that would be amazing. See what I mean? <laughs> so Rebecca invites Nora to go to work with her and basically just see what I do all day. And Nora's like, absolutely. And of course she has a big crush on Sam. Um, so they go out, they lose the game. Um, they have the press conference after where uh, Sam speaks to the press about Dubai Air and, and how they're covering up and the Nigerian government's corruption and everything else. And uh, in true Ted Lasso fashion, when they get back to the locker room, the team is celebrating, not that because they lost, but because they broke their draw streak. Yeah. It wasn't a tie. Yeah. 
and then the next episode was was the Christmas episode. And oh my uh, God, this was so good, wasn't it? Uh huh. I like this how was rough, like rough, good. Oh yes, but I mean, all right. So I like how Roy and Keeley are gonna have romantic, sexy Christmas, and uh, they're just basically gonna spend their all their time together. Like he's gonna be in his Frank Sinatra suit or whatever, and she's gonna be in apparently her negligee, and they're just gonna have a great Christmas together. And then Roy shows back up. Uh, Roy shows up at the house with Phoebe, and. Uh, I like that what Keely's wearing is is inappropriate, but not so inappropriate that like she has to like quickly cover herself up when Keely comes in. Yes. Yeah, and I also like how understanding Keely is. I mean, uh, about you know Phoebe being there for Christmas because her mom's a doctor and she has she's she has to go to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she suddenly got called into work and everything, and um, I do like uh, <laughs> I like it when Roy comes. He's like, obviously you didn't get my text. And she's like, no. And then she he explains the scenario. And and she's like, well, we can just have sexy Boxing Day. And he's like, no, we can't because of this. Well, what about this? Well, no, I've got this. We can have sexy December the 28th then. And I like it when he turns around and sees her finally. And he's like, like I don't know. I can't remember what he said, but he was very impressed. Yes. <laughs> and rightfully so. I mean, she had a very nice outfit on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It wasn't, like you said, it wasn't so... Uh, transparent or anything like that so that she had to like quickly cover up in front of Phoebe. But you know, it was, she had to be a little modest, but it was a very nice, sexy Christmas outfit. And he cut a fine suit. I guess he most certainly did. I, um, I also enjoyed, I'll tell you the other B story, uh, which was the Higgins family. And oh. they asked like Higgins, like, so what are you doing for Christmas? He's like, oh, we just stay home and open kids for the presents. And then we inv- and then we invite everybody else on the team who doesn't have family here because, you know, their family's back home. You know, th- we invite them over f- for the holidays. And uh, that's our tradition every year. And they just bring their own like dish or something with them. That's their traditional Christmas food or something, you know, just mm-hmm. and oh, really? That's great. How many people usually come over? Two, maybe, you know, uh, and this year was great because it starts out with Sam, who's a little early and um, and basically almost the entire team shows up at the Higginses for Christmas. And it was little just, by little. Yeah. Yes. They all keep showing up and his wife is tickled and his kids are excited. And one of the French players brings a date, um, which is awesome. And he's playing video games with like Sam and someone else. And they're like, why, why did you bring a date? The French have a tradition. Why not bring a pretty girl everywhere? I don't know if that's yep. a real tradition, but it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah. And they, um, yeah, and that's like throughout the episode that we go, keep going back to the Higgins house and more and more players show up with their traditional dishes. And his wife's like, where are we going to put everybody? And, and finally at the end, you see, they've somehow, contr- you know, con- constructed this long table for everyone to sit at. And they're all sitting down eating and having a great, like, I really, really like that. It included the the, uh, the pool table and the new surfboard that his oldest son got for Christmas. Yes, Those were that's parts right. To create the table, it was great. Yeah. Um, another B story was uh, Phoebe. A, a boy was mean to her and gave her a toothbrush and toothpaste and everything for Christmas. And Roy, of course, wants to go beat the child up. Uh, and Keely instead decides, no, we're not going to do that. And so Roy's like, we're going to go to my posh neighborhood where I live and we're going to knock on 10 houses. And if we don't find a dentist, I'll give you each a thousand pounds. So the well, girls jump up to head out. Remember that 
the reason that they did this, they weren't taking the boy's word for it. They were like, oh, your breath isn't that bad. Oh, and then they both right, smelled yeah. it and they were like, oh, like it was apparently the most rancid breath in the world because these two had visceral reactions like gagging yes. and turning their head away. And... Um, <laughs> Boy goes, I've, been, I've spent my whole life inside locker rooms smelling the stink of men. Trust me. I, I can, you know, this will not be as bad as that. She breathes in his face. He doesn't react at first. She just goes, I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they go not. And that's another thing throughout the episode is them knocking on a door going like, um, <laughs> are your parents a dentist? No. Why is every house? The kids answering the door, right? Are you a dentist? No. Is your mother a dentist? No. Is your father a dentist? No. Like, they're all the thing. And finally, the last house, the woman answers the door. She's like, Roy Kent. Hi there. Are you a dentist? I am. Maybe come in. And <laughs> Maybe we come in as they just push past her. <laughs> and the long and the short of it is uh, the new allergy medicine that she is taking um, for the new cat that they got that she's allergic to is causing her mouth to dry out and it's causing the bad breath. So they get her a prescription, which Roy then he goes to bribe the pharmacist to give the chemist to give them to help her with the bad breath. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last story is going to be all yours. <clears throat> the last story was Rebecca um, told everybody that she was going to a Christmas party at um, Sir Elton John's. And so she was going to be off doing her own thing. And Ted was doing the video chat uh, Christmas with his son. You know, it was the first Christmas since they had been separated like this and they were doing the video chat. Um, he's trying to make it work. But like once the kid opened up the drone that was all charged up for him, that was it. He, he buggered off and, you know, just kind of left Ted there. And his mom's like, oh, yeah, he'll be busy for a while. And basically they they cut it off so ted's just sitting there alone and rebecca shows up outside of his apartment with a little sign on the ground that says hi ted she calls him outside and they proceed to just go through the town like at first they go to some musicians who are playing uh christmas carols and he he's talking about how he loves the buskers over here you know they do a great job and uh rebecca just gives like a ton of money to them like he throws some coins in their thing and then she throws like bills a wad of bills they're like oh thanks and she's just like glowing this is this is not a scrooge moment this is like a legitimate like this is what she does type of thing um and then she's like come on we're gonna take the next stop and uh she takes him to an apartment building they they take a sack of presents and um she basically has a letter that this kid wrote to santa and they put everything that the girl wanted from her letter in the sack. They wrapped it all up and, and showed up and said that they were elves and that uh, the her sack of presents had gotten misplaced and put into a different sleigh, so it never made it to her. It's been around the world twice. And I love the little reaction where she's like, you know, am I smelling Kenya? And they're like, I bet you are. Um, but basically, it, it's just they do this to a couple different places. She's like, you ready for the next one? He's like, absolutely. So they go around spreading more Christmas cheer by taking these kids who obviously, you know, it it wasn't explicitly said, but it was kind of implied that, you know, maybe they weren't going to have a great Christmas 
um, it, it's like the uh, Christmas trees that we have here where you go in like a bank or something like that. And they've got like, you know, you pick an ornament off the tree and there's a kid says that they want a Barbie or something like that. And you just kind of wrap it up and put it under the tree with that tag. But in this case, they had the whole letter and were dropping it off. So it was ridiculously heartwarming. Um, mm-hmm. And I am absolutely blanking. I'm trying to remember because she – I think she wanted to go out with him to have a drink afterwards. And he was like, what about Elton John? And she was like, no, I'm not going to bother with that. Like, I'm trying to remember, like I I was so overwhelmed by the episode, like everything that happened, it just, it blew my mind that I'm forgetting where they ended. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So one of the things about Elton John is that uh, Elton John's house is, uh, the only reason why I want to go there is to watch uh, Daniel Craig and, and Rachel Wise like uh, sing carols together. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, I just want to watch them fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Ted Lasso's like, oh, who doesn't? Hey, pal. And uh, but no, they ended up the the episode ended with them at uh, the Higgins house singing uh, carols. They got oh, some of the buskers right. and they yes. sang uh, the same song, uh, Christmas. Uh, baby, please come home. Which yes. is one of my favorite Christmas songs. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. See, what I got stuck on was um, the when Roy, Keeley, and Phoebe pulled the love actually outside of the little boy's house that, that yes. sent her the stuff, yes. and they did the same thing, you know, with all the post. <laughs> where Roy told the guy, he was like, I, "You give me some poster boards and some mark for another hundred pounds," and the guy's like, "Okay." Yeah. And they went over there and pulled a love actually where, you know, they told the kid, tell your parents it's carolers. And, yeah. you know, she she was very nice. She was the like, dad you know, even you need- said, give them a quit and send them on their way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, her her posters were nice. They did have a little bit of a threat there. You know, you're going to have to deal with him. And then Roy's like, oh, and her. And Keely's like, I'm so sorry. Um, but basically, in the end, you know, the, the card said, you know, you hurt my feelings and I would like an apology and we can be friends again. And the kid did. He's like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, OK. So it was very sweet again. The show had sweetness in fucking spades. Like, it's so wholesome. This actually made me yearn for Christmas time. And I, I hate getting I to know, that time me, of year. Me too. <laughs> So, yeah, I, uh, I love this episode. I love this show. I'm sad that we're, uh, we're going to be wrapping up at some point. I think we're, are we six episodes in now or four? Four. Okay. So we still have a few to go. Um, I did just read that, um, they've announced that there will be a season three and that Jason Sudeikis is set to make a million bucks an episode. Holy cow! It's that pop. I'm doesn't you know what? It doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it, that show alone has become one of those. It's kind of like the Stranger Things. What Stranger Things was to Netflix, Ted Lasso is to Apple TV Plus. Yeah, they've had a lot of original shows, but none of them have hit with the the force of this, and none of them are drawing people in. Like I see more about Ted Lasso than I see about any of their other originals. Yeah. And it's understandable because it's fucking great. It it subverts you constantly in the best ways possible. It really does. I mean, it, like, I don't know. When you just want to feel good, go watch the show. You'll laugh. Honestly, if they didn't swear so much in it, it would be a great family show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You know? Like, really, if they didn't swear so much, and it really would be a great family show. And if you think about it, like, when you first start the series, it's a little darker than what we're seeing now. Like, the first few episodes, everyone in the country hates him. You know, he's a little optimistic, but it almost seems naive. And Rebecca is plotting against him actively. So, you know, when you first come into this... If you've been listening to us sit here and rant and, and rave about how wonderfully optimistic and cheerful and sweet and saccharine it is, those first few episodes you're gonna go, what the fuck are they talking about? Because it you got to build into it. But yes, oh my do. god, once you get there, whoo! Yep. yep, what a joy. Mm-hmm. What else did you watch this week, sir? Um, I watched what we do in the shadows. Yes. <laughs> Good what, episode. What'd you think of? What'd you think of this one? I enjoyed this episode. I liked. Uh, oh, it was a funny show. It was a funny show. It was. Um, <laughs> oh, hell. We had, Laszlo. We had, there we go. I couldn't think of Laszlo's name. It, it's very interesting. I was thinking about it. This is two episodes in a row that have dealt with Nandor and quote unquote, the love of his life. Like we had Meg at the gym and now this time we had, what's her name? Like Sophie or something. Yeah. 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 Sophie. I think it was who apparently he's been seeing her on again, off again. Gail, number. Gail, 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 Gail. Yeah. He's been in love with Gail for years and he's tried to change her. He's offered to change her to a vampire many, many, many times. Um, and why wouldn't she take his offer? Oh, cause she just, she just, you know, basically she's a sli- She's a tease. She described Nandor's being like sardines. You know, you open up a can of sardines, they smell a little bad, but you start eating them. You find out, man, these are delicious. You just want to eat sardines every day for like a month, but after every day, but after like a month, month and a half, you've had your fill of sardines for a few years. That's Nandor. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so this is what's what's excellent is um, everyone keeps basically saying how much they know Nadja hates Gail and yes. and everything. And she's and she basically she keeps saying, I don't dislike her at all. Like, I like Gail. I think she's a great person. I just hate how she breaks, you know, Nando's heart every single time and leads him on and da 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 da. I think it's hilarious. I do. Mm hmm. Because in the end, it turns out that there's kind of a good reason to. Well, um, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. So she's basically they've been having one of their sex sex weeks and she lost track of time. And and, and Andor makes a comment about how it's uh, um, he wants to propose to her and this and that. She's like, well, no, I'm leaving Saturday. And he's like, well, no, it is Saturday. She's like, no, it's Thursday. He's like, no, it's it's Saturday. No, that was Nadja that was talking to her. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, that's true. And so she freaks out and runs away and goes outside and turns into a werewolf. Because mm-hmm. apparently a few years ago, she met this werewolf and they kind of fell in love and not fell in love, but basically she treats the werewolf the same way she treats Nandor. And she then he, he turned her into a werewolf. Right. Um. So... And werewolf, and, and she's dating Anton the werewolf. So Guillermo but, is like basically but still also having an affair with Nandor. Nandor, whatever. And other people. 
Yes. So Gamro's pissed because Nandor's going to make Gale a, a vampire. So he kind of goads the vampires into going to confront the werewolves and try to like work things out and, and be friends with each other and resolve their differences. And so they actually go and try to do that. And it, obviously it's not working out because um, Gale's dating Anton. And so they decide to settle this with a game of kickball. <laughs> the whole thing was a spoof on Twilight because yes. Guillermo keeps yeah. talking about that. And uh, Nadja kicks the ball and somehow kicks it with enough force that it strikes Gale and kills her. <laughs> um, and so Nandor then bites her and she has her drink his blood and turns her into a werewolf vampire hybrid and then proposes to her and she kind of just turns him down and runs away. Uh-huh. Except like she tries to jump over the fence and gets caught and... And then she turns into like a werewolf bat and uh, a very yeah, large all, werewolf bat. Yep. Yep. It's all good stuff. Yes. Also, Laszlo and Colin are hanging a lot together at the vampire council. And uh, essentially they both stay that the reason why they're hanging out so much is because Nadja is always hanging out with uh, Nandor mm-hmm. and that thanks pal. And that uh, Colin says Laszlo's sad, and, and Laszlo's saying that Colin's sad because he's Colin, so they're just trying to befriend each other. And, you know, even though they really can't stand each other, they're trying to cheer each other up and be good friends to each other. Um, but they find Laszlo's old car that the Vampire Council took from him because he only owned it like 15 minutes uh, before they <laughs> took it from him. And so they disassemble it and reassemble it. After they crash it into a bunch of things. Yep. So they take it all apart and they put it back together. And who was it that shows up? The, uh, the messenger shows up and she rips both of them and goes, what about this red button that opens the big door where you can just drive it right out? We didn't see the red button on the inside. This red button on the inside. Yeah. She lost her mind on him. (laughs) She did. And, And kind of with good reason. I mean, they they had a really good bonding thing over the, you know, talking about their history while they were tearing that thing apart and then putting it back together, you know. And uh, I love how they were making piles, you know, at one point, Laszlo's like, what about, uh, is this a pile for the important stuff or the unimportant stuff? And Colin's like, you know what, I'll be honest, I have no idea anymore. <laughs> like, I'm just putting stuff everywhere. I don't even know if I can put this back together. That's right. And then when they put it back together, it, it looks like shit. It, it like the engine is on the back and it looks like just an old pipe stove. Yeah. It's friggin' beautiful. But once again, hilarious episode and mm-hmm. they do a great job with it. They sure do. Uh, let's see. I've only got three other shows that I watched. Uh, let's see here. I watched, um, what if? Yes, I watched that as well. What was the other shows you watched? Uh, I watched the second episode of Only Murders in the Building. How was that? It changed a lot. Like, I don't know how I like it now. Mm. Honestly, um, it, the uh, the focal point of it changed, and I hate to say this. I'm going to keep watching. I hate to say this though, but I'm almost annoyed by Steve Martin and Martin Short's characters. They're, uh, they're almost inept, but like arrogant and inept, almost like Steve Carell's character in the office, but not quite as bad. Um, so 
I'm going to keep watching it, but it, this episode really kind of soured me a bit on it. Unfortunately, that's too bad. Yeah. Um, but I also watched the premiere episode of why the last man. Oh, how was that? I rather enjoyed it. Um, it starts off in the way that I hate, which got uh, strike one immediately, which is, you know, it starts off saying three weeks after because, you know, there was a global catastrophe. So you get to see like a brief thing of what's going on now. And then it says it goes to one day before. And so you get to see these different people and their different lives. You know, there's the woman who's a paramedic and she's sleeping with her paramedic partner. He says that he told his wife, Oh, I told her that I'm leaving her. We're getting a divorce. It's great. But no, he didn't actually, because you know, well, we have a kid and you know, I'm trying to tell her, but I, I really, um, you've got the woman who's an aide to the president. You've got, uh, Diane Lane, who is a Senator who openly hates the president. Um, you've got just different people from different, uh, areas. And, you're watching all of their lives interact and do all these things. And then by the end of the episode, you get to watch the, um, the outbreak as it were, which is still like, that's the whole premise of the show. So it's not like you're ruining anything, but basically what happens is everybody who is a male dies. Like yep. they all like their nose starts bleeding, their heads kind of rot. They, they all die. And, um, this one guy and God, I'm, blanking on his name but it begins with a y he wakes up and is not dead so he seems to be the only man still alive on the planet everybody else that is living is just a woman so very interesting concept uh i don't know how it's going to sustain through multiple episodes i know it's based on a graphic novel and i just saw a headline tonight that said that uh the show deviates greatly from the comic which could be interesting you know they basically have a concept and then they're like well the comic went here we're going here so i'm gonna keep watching it all right i don't know if i'm gonna start it no yeah, yeah, you were hesitant to begin with. I was. I don't know if I'm going to start it. I've still seen some more trailers. It doesn't really excite me. So, uh, what if zombies? What'd you think of this? Um, for one thing, I'm with everybody else, and fuck Hank Pym because this is the second what if where he's basically destroyed the world. <laughs> yeah, he finds Janet Van Dyne in the quantum realm, and she's infected with a quantum virus, and he brings it back. Yep. Uh, and starts the zombie apocalypse, which only takes two weeks to really fuck everything up. Uh, in this one, Bruce Banner, when he gets tossed during um, Infinity Wars, um, this time when he lands at Doctor Strange's mansion, if you will, no one's there because now he's in the uh, zombie apocalypse. Um, there's a team that's left alive, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um we got Hope Van Dyne, we got Peter Parker, Bucky Barnes, we got uh, Happy Sharon Hogan. Carter, Happy Hogan, Kurt, and a couple others. Yep. Um, they're like looking the, for the C list people, not even the B yes. list. Yes, exactly. I mean, maybe Bucky well, plus, and, plus and Spider-Man. Okaya. Yeah. Plus Spider Man. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so they basically head out to Camp Lehigh because there's a message to go there for safety. They get there. They lose some people along the way. They find Vision. 
Uh, Vision has his mind stone can reverse the virus. You know, uh, he kept Scott Lang's head of uh, head alive in a jar. But basically, he is um, feeding pieces of T'Challa to Wanda because she is immune to the cure, and he loves her, and um, doesn't want to uh, kill her because yeah. love is blind. Um, yeah. But she breaks out. Or she gets out by uh, inadvertently to uh, one of her soldiers' help, and she starts killing a bunch of people. And <laughs> ironically, I guess Vision commits suicide, if you will, by pulling the Mind Stone out of his to giving it to Peter Parker. Um, Bruce Banner becomes the Hulk, so he can fight Wanda and hold everybody off, so everyone else can escape and and head to Wakanda. And so we got, uh, was it Spider-Man and Scott Lang's head and T'Challa all going to Wakanda for safety. And then the episode ends showing that Thanos has the uh, Infinity Gauntlet for, with all the stones with the Mind Stone. Zombie Thanos. In Wakanda. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if this is going to be a two-parter or that's just how they're ending it. I think that's just how they're ending it. Um, okay. It was it was great. I did like the twist that it was um, it was a quantum virus rather than a traditional uh, zombie zombification kind of thing. Because in this case, the heroes were still able to use their abilities. Um, you know, so Cap could kind of fight, and Iron Man and Doctor Strange and Wong. You know, they had their abilities still they weren't as good with them but they were definitely you know it was commented on that the avengers are the ones that fucked the world in the first place because when they showed up on the scene um you know hank pym uh got to what's his name there um uh cap you know bit him in the neck like a mosquito oh yeah 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 they said once the Avengers succumbed to it, that was it. Like nobody could stop them. Nobody could stop anything. They were screwed. Um, I loved having, uh, what's his name there? Scott Lang, the, the actor. Um, I loved having him there riffing like he does as Scott Lang, Paul Rudd, just listening to him cracking the dad jokes and making light of everything. It was brilliant. I've missed that so much. Yeah, they did Over- a really good job with the episode, I think, overall. Yeah, overall, I liked it. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is there any more episodes? We got five. Is there six in this one as well? I think so, yes. I'll double check right now, but I think oh, that nine episodes. For... Sorry. Oh, wow. Nine episodes. So there we go. Damn. And it's been, we got a second season coming in 2022 as well. That is not surprising. I mean, considering the fact that they, you know, it's animated, so they don't have to pay actors other than mm-hmm. voicing. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, so I watched some other stuff. Have you seen uh, the um, Untold series on Netflix? Have they popped up in your queue? I don't think so. Okay. So they're sports documentaries, similar to like an ESPN 30 for 30 or Dark Side of the Ring. 
um, except it's various sports. So the two I watched, because I ended up watching two. First one I watched was on Christy Martin. And Christy Martin was like the first really big professional woman's boxer. Okay. And the story is about her. Like she started boxing in um, 89 before women's boxing was cool. There's some, there's been other names that have kind of gotten bigger, like Mia St. John or Layla Ali or whatever. But, but Christy St. John was really the first big, well-known women's boxer, if you will. And um, yeah, it's about her life, about getting into boxing, about being trained, about, Oh, the abuse of her husband, AKA boxing manager, about how we tried to kill her. Um, yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing story. You don't have to like boxing to watch it and like it, quite frankly. So I'll just leave it at that. The second episode I watched is called uh, Crime and Penalties, and it's about the Danbury Thrashers and Jimmy Galente. And um, this was really, really, really good. It's about an independent minor league hockey team. Um, their league is kind of like a step below the NHL and it's about this. I'm not going to call him a mob boss, but they imply that he was a mob boss and that the Tony Sopranos character was based on him. Um, even James Gandolfini signed an auto, a photo for this, for Jimmy Galenti, basically saying to Jimmy, the real Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini. So anyhow, uh, he bought his son at 17, a franchise they called the, the Danbury Trashers because he owned a trash business and made his 17 year old son the president of the company and uh, general manager. And the kid actually did a really, really good job putting a team together. And again, this was way better than I thought it was going to be. Um it's a great story about the team at the same time about about uh, uh, about this 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 alleged mob boss guy, the FBI tracking them, the FBI getting involved, Jimmy getting arrested, you know, the, the kid basically hiring a bunch of goons on the team. So the team fights all the time, the popularity of the team within the town of Danbury, Connecticut. Um, it was very good. Uh, two very well done stories. There's two more in this season. I can't remember one of them. And the other one is about. Uh, uh, Bruce Jenner, who became Caitlyn Jenner. Um, yes. So I plan on checking those out as well. And I guess they've, they're going to do another season next year. But yeah, real good job on these. Really entertaining to watch. They're about an hour and 15 minutes a piece or so. Okay. And the, the a documentary series on Netflix is called Untold. Thanks. Yeah. Did you watch any movies? Uh, I watched two movies. I watched three more movies. Well, hit me up then. Well, I'll tell you one of mine, and maybe you watched it. Malignant. Uh, negative. Okay. What did you watch for movies? Uh, I watched Kate and Jolt. I watched Kate, and I watched Paper Tigers. Hmm. I've been seeing some good stuff about that Malignant. Oh, really? Yeah. That's a lot, shocking. A lot of people seem to like it. But then again, really? a lot of people liked um, Hereditary, so. Huh. Yeah. Well, Malignant's a movie that I watched that I won't watch again. Gotcha. Malignant's a movie that 
Oh, Malignant's a, and I love James Wan. Okay, yep, that, yep. James Wan, you know, created Saw. He's made a lot of great movies, in my opinion. You know, in his career, you know, between Saw, Dead Silence, Insidious, The Conjuring, um, hell, he even directed Fast and the Furious Seven. Um, uh, uh, Mortal Kombat. No, he he was an executive producer on Mortal Kombat. Um, Didn't he do I Aquaman? Mean, Aquaman. Yeah, I mean he's done a lot of great movies, but this to me is a movie about what happens when you have a low budget movie with a big budget. Uh. Um. And I don't I really would love to get down to the meat and potatoes about this with you. Um but I don't want to spoil it at the same time. For me or for the listeners? Because I mean I know it is both. Due. Both. Yeah. Both. Because it's only been out three days. It came out Friday. Yeah. It's Monday. So um I'll just say I watched it. I don't plan on watching it again. I they can't fucking do a sequel to this. I mean, oh, no, they really no, no, God no, no, I, I they just can't. Um, yeah, yeah. If you decide you're not gonna watch it, I will spoil the shit out of it for you and rant about the parts about some <laughs> some issues I have with it. Okay. But other ways, uh, uh, otherwise, I'm just gonna go ahead and uh, hold off for now. Okay. Uh, yep. What was Jolt? Um, Jolt was not what I expected. Jolt is an Amazon original movie. It's got Kate Beckinsale. It's got Stanley Tucci. Um, it's got, um, oh, God. I'm really blanking. I told you my head hurts. I'm blanking on people tonight. Jai Courtney. Um, Basically, she is a woman who has impulse control. She has high levels of cortisol, and so she tends to rage out very easily and very quickly. Um, she has these vivid, um, not hallucinations, but like ideations where you know she'll stab somebody because they're pissing her off, stab them right in the jugular, and watch them bleed out, or you know beat the shit out of somebody. Um, so she has a big temper control problem. She wears this special harness on her upper body where she can press a button on her keychain and it will give her an electrical shock, which yep. uh, apparently calms her down a bit or at least allows her to focus. Um, she goes on two dates with Jai Courtney and then he is found dead. This is when um, the two police detectives, bad cop played by Laverne Cox and good cop played by Bobby Cannavale, which – really seems the opposite of what you would expect but um anyway they come into play and they want to know like if she knows anything so she decides to take it upon herself to do their job and track down the one who killed him um it's interesting it's uh, a lot of action and a lot of talking and her you know fantasizing about killing people or then actually beating the shit out of them um it was okay it wasn't bad, but it definitely isn't something that I'm going to sit here and tell you to watch. 
I appreciate that. Yeah. I uh, I watched a film called Paper Tigers. Yeah. What? Tell me about that. Well, Paper Tigers was a twist. It's not a twist, but it's kind of like. You know, a lot of old martial arts movies that took place back during, like, uh, feudal Japan or Chinese times or whatever it is you want to call it. Um, It would be my sensei is killed and I must avenge my sensei. Right? Pretty Mm -hmm. standard storyline. And that's what Paper Tigers was about. But there was a twist. Okay. And the twist is... Three students for this teacher that everyone revered, but he only he only taught these three students. He didn't want to teach any other disciples. And he is killed at the beginning of the movie, but in a way that makes it look like he died of natural causes. And these three disciples of his have decided that they are going to try to find who killed their 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 sensei. Okay. Except none of them have practiced martial arts really in the last 20 years. So, so they're one, rusty or they're just like they chose not to. No, they just kind of their their lives went in different directions after an incident that happened and uh they kind of chose not to and it's it's actually a good story. It's worth your time. Uh I'd say give it a watch. Okay. I liked it. Um the fighting scenes are not like oh my god this is so spectacular but they're they're good and um there's a good storyline build and a good conclusion and I enjoyed it. Okay. And last we both watched Kate. So what did you think of Kate? <sighs> well, the story's about a girl who's poisoned. She's a trained assassin, and she's going to find out who poisoned her so she can get her revenge. What's she poisoned with, Mike? Uh, plutonium 204. So she's got oh, sorry, radiation polonium, polonium 204. So she, you would say that she has some uh, radiation poisoning then, correct? Oh, yes, absolutely, yes. Is that kind of the uh, focal point of the movie? Well... That's what she's slowly dying from throughout the movie. She has to keep giving herself injections, correct? Yes. Yep. 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 Um, how many other people did she infect with her radiation poisoning? Uh, nobody. Nope. Nobody. Yeah. Yeah. The hospital even seemed too worried about like they didn't put her in isolation. They didn't they weren't wearing protective suits when they encountered her. Mm. Um, Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to go with nobody. Nobody at all. Just her. It was like completely confined within her, even though she was vomiting blood a lot. And you could see the radiation burns appearing on her her, her skin and and, um, you know, um, losing a tooth here and there. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, that that's a little bitter of me, I know, but it it seemed like, you know, for something that was such a huge plot point. All right, let's let's change this. Let's change okay, it a little ahead. bit. Go ahead. Okay. 
if she had been poisoned with a poison that there's no known cure for and they could never find this. And I think that's why they went with the polonium 204, because they wanted it to be something where there was no hope of finding a cure. Right. I can, that I was can it. Follow. There's absolutely no hope of finding a cure. So if it's anything besides this radiation uh, that she was ingested, you know what I mean? And it was, it was something that could, it was just some other made up, fictional like poison that there's no cure for then it'd be a lot more not believable but acceptable right i think so okay so if that was the case instead of the radiation what did you think of the movie i thought it was eh, it was okay um it was kind of like the worst parts of crank (laughs) Because with Crank, he had to get his adrenaline going to, you know, keep from dying. With her, she just had to, like, give herself an injection. And so the the pacing seemed kind of slow for most of it. Um, I love Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She's awesome. Uh, me um, too. Me too. But I felt like this was a very, I mean, A, it was very generic and formulaic. You knew Woody Harrelson was going to turn on her when he got a chance. Oh, of course. Like, that was so obvious. Um, you knew that when she assassinated that guy and his daughter was there, that that would come into play later on. Like it hit a lot of the same notes. Um, so I didn't dislike it, but it just really wasn't anything that like, there were a couple of points where I seriously considered stopping watching it, but I was like, no, I should watch something this week for a movie. Mm -hmm. So here's, here's one part for me. The movie was about. Well, it says it's 160 minutes long. So, you know, a little over an hour and a half with the credits. It's just without the credits, I mean, it's a little over an hour and a half. You said 116? 106, 106. So okay. if you take out the 10 minutes for the credits or the seven minutes for the credits, it's a little over an hour and a half long, right? That, that tracks. I'm watching the film. All right. And her main mission is to find this one guy who she thinks is responsible for ordering her to be poisoned, right? And you think, okay, when she finds him, that's kind of going to be the end, or maybe it's going to go on a little bit longer. And I'm watching it, and it's like, all right, okay, she's been poisoned all day. She's like 10 minutes away from death's door. Here we are. She found the guy. Oh, now, you know, Woody Harrelson's going to turn on her, so obviously that's going to happen any moment. This movie's got to have like maybe 10 minutes left to it. A half a fucking hour. Like, I paused it. It had 33 (laughs) minutes to go. I'm like, are you serious? Like, what are they going to like? She's almost dead. How is she going to last another third of this movie? Like at this point. So, again, I didn't hate the movie. I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead, like you said. Um, there were some great scenes in the movie. There was a lot of good gunplay. There was a lot of great kills. A lot of fucking people died in this movie. But, yeah, there was some pretty significant plot issues and realism issues, if you will, for a movie that's fictional, obviously. Yeah, I saw an article today and I read through it because it was interesting. Rather than being like, oh, these are the things we found wrong with this movie, they actually um, took reviews from Japanese film critics and uh, Japanese reporters talking about its depictions of Japan. And most of them seem to have the same thing, which was this is using stereotypes from like 20 years ago. This makes it look like Japan has not grown in the past 20 years. Like this is really – um, using old ideas of this. 
Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. That is, yeah. But yeah, it was nothing that I care to watch again. It was nothing that I hated, but meh, whatever. So, got any news, trailers to talk about? Holy shit, there were a lot of trailers this week. And mm, yeah, good- there was there was one or two. <laughs> um, so, for starters, we got what I was very excited for, a, the Season 3 Sex Education trailer. I am so looking forward to the show coming back. Um, Julie has never watched the first two seasons, so that's going to go on our list of things to watch and binge to get ready for season three. Um, This is a phenomenal show. Like this is way better than I expected it to be. And I can't wait to see it. Third season. Like they're picking up where they left off in the second one. They've even got a little YouTube video you can watch right now where Milo and Otis are like, it was Otis and, his buddy there uh, where they do a recap of what happened in season one and two to bring you up to speed. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, Here's my issue. Okay. Slight one. Um, when we meet these characters, they're a freshman in high school, if you will. Oh, sorry. They're in the sixth form. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh-huh. Um so let's see here. In the sixth form in England, they're like sixteen. Okay. Okay. So the next year, they're supposed to be seventeen in twenty twenty when we watch it. Mm-hmm. And now this year, the characters are supposed to be eighteen. Mm-hmm. My issue is the cast all look like they're in their mid fucking twenties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. it's just I, I can't. That happens a lot in these shows. I understand that, but like, yeah. They, I mean, and you, they look like they're in their mid twenties because they're in their mid twenties. Right, mid to late twenties in some cases. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and they're supposed to, but they they usually try to do a good job of making them look like high school students still. And in this case, they just they just said fuck it. In my opinion, <laughs> I can see that. Yep. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, it looks it looks good. Um, I I almost regretted sending it just because it's so cheesy. But the Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales trailer. <sighs> yep. I'm gonna watch <sighs> it though, probably. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, we finally got a full trailer for The Guilty. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, made me made me not like it at all. You know, the first half of the trailer, I liked it, and then Same the second here. half of the trailer, when he starts like flipping out, deciding to be a one man operation, and and throwing out everything else, I was like, "Fuck this!" Yeah, no, it was it just became very dumb of him making phone calls and threatening people over the phone and getting angry and shoving everything off his desk. Like as a supervisor of a dispatch nine one one dispatch center. Um, a, I never would have allowed it to go that far. Uh, B, I would have tossed his ass out of the room. <laughs> like, I just, I, I'm not going to watch it because I just. And, and I was going to say, as somebody who spent a year as a dispatcher, I've never seen a dispatcher get that bent out of shape or be allowed to reach that point. Because Correct. before even a supervisor would slap them down, the officers would slap them down and be like, you need to know your fucking role. And stay in your lane, buddy. 
Like, yeah. this is not your call. Yeah. What, what did he give them? A white van. There's a white van out there. O- okay, that is literally right. nothing. And and then when the guy's like, yeah, that's not for me, she goes, come on! And, like, gets yeah. all angry. Like, yeah, um, nope. nope, not happening. Yeah, no, that's that's literally not enough information. You could say a white van with five out of the six numbers on the plate, and they're going to be like, we still kind of need that last number, you know? Yep. Yeah. Covering a lot of ground there, buddy. So, um, sent you a little thing there. Um, the original Transformer series is going to be on YouTube for free. Yay! It's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, please tell me about this because I saw the article. I didn't bother reading it. I just saw that it was a WWE thing and sent it to you. And you said you already knew about it. The uh, interactive horror escape. Yeah. So apparently the new day is going to be, it's an interactive horror flick on Netflix, similar to like the choose your own adventure they did. Right. And the undertaker basically set a trap for the new day. And they're trying to escape the undertaker's mansion, his haunted house, if you will, with all these different challenges and things they have to do. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, you forgot to mention a show that you watched. What's that? Crime Scene Kitchen. Oh, shit. I forgot to mention two shows that I watched. But let's talk about news and trailers, and we'll get back there. Okay. So I sent your trailer for No One Gets Out Alive. That's a horror movie coming out. Based on a book also called No One Gets Out Alive. All right. That's that's on point. Yep. You sent me a trailer for Don't Look Up. This looks funny. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought originally it was serious, but I guess it's going to be funny. It's a amazing cast. Mm, yes. It's going to be a Netflix movie, but also limited in release in films coming out in December. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, Rob Morgan, Jonah Hill, Tyler Perry, Ron Perlman, Ariana Grande, Kate Blanchett, Meryl Streep. So Mark it's either Patel, going to be Matthew Perry, Chris Evans, Gina Gershwin, Michael Chiklis, <laughs> Paul Gilfoyle. Uh, uh, yeah, Paul Gilfoyle, not Gilfoyle. Yeah, Gilfoyle. So, yeah. So it's either going to be amazing or it's going to be horseshit. Like when you get that many people together that are big names, it's always an extreme. It's either awesome or garbage. Yeah. It's two and a half hours long, by the way. Holy crap. And and as it says here, the premise is the film tells the story of two low level astronomers who go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy the entire earth. And that's Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, who looks like he's having a, panic attack all the time. Yeah, pretty much the entire trailer is him having a panic attack. Yep. But looks good. Absolutely. Um speaking of things that started off strong and then I went meh by the end, um season 2 of Picard trailer. Really? Yeah, I was super stoked about this and seeing the uh, the new Borg Queen and Q basically saying, oh, I'm going to turn the Earth into a totalitarian regime. Ha. Huh? And then they were like, we have to go back to the 21st century. And I went, oh, come on. Oh, yeah, that was that was that was pretty rough. So then you got things like, you know, saying to Jerry Ryan, what, you can fly a starship, but you can't drive a car. Buckle up. Oh. Come on, really? So basically, they didn't have the budget or they wanted to save, so they were like, oh, let's make it take place in the 21st century. I didn't think of that, but that actually makes sense. Yeah, it just it bothered me. 
if they went there once, sure, but it seemed like the focal point because then they're like, we've got three days to stop the Earth from being turned into a totalitarian regime and save our future. <sighs> On the other side, we got a trailer for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Oh, and it wasn't even a full trailer. It was just like showing us the characters. Actually, it was, yeah, a meet the cast. And this looks oh. so good. Like, oh. sincerely, it looks so goddamn good. And, I mean, and some of the characters in there, like there's going to be new characters, but then like they've got people, they, they've got a woman who's going to be Uhura. Yes, we got oh. a woman playing Spock. Oh, a dude playing Spock. I mean, we have someone playing Spock. We have and then you need, you just need to go watch the trailer because this 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 film, this video, this um. Meet the cast Meet the of cast. Star Trek Strange New World. Yeah, on Paramount+. Plus. And the reason why is because they introduced us to other people that were in the original pilot of the original series that didn't make the first episode. Like, right. they took out Pike, and they took out his number one, who was played by, uh, I think, uh, Ron Barry's wife in the first one. Yes. In that episode, yeah. And, and now it's going to be Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, exactly. And also there was like a doctor that was in the first one in the pilot that didn't make it, but it's going to be in this series. And they would show you clips of the original act, you know, and then clips of them. And it just looked really, really good. And if it's anything like what we got from Anson Mount as Christopher Pike (laughs) in in Star Trek Discovery, this is going to be absolutely amazing. And I will get paramount plus to watch this weekly and not even wait for it to completely right pile up so good stuff for sure yeah um and then speaking of surprisingly good uh i was grossly shocked by how much i enjoyed the trailer for the matrix resurrections um you're not the only one to feel that way I felt that way. Uh, other people I, I shared the trailer with was just like that felt like the same way as me. They liked the first Matrix movie. They didn't like parts two and three. And some of them didn't even finish watching three. They were like, fuck this because they liked the first one so much. But they watched the trailer and they were like, oh, wow. Hey, this is really good. Like this it, looks really good. Yeah, it seems to go back to the first Matrix like bypassing most of the other stuff and bringing us back to what we loved about the first one. I mean, it even looks like Neo doesn't know who he is in the beginning. Yes. Um, the, the downside that people bitched about is they recast Lawrence Fishburne's character. Maybe. See what they're talking about. What a lot of people are talking about is the fact that, Back in the uh, early 2000s, they had an online MMO like World of Warcraft for the Matrix. Yeah. And it was, you know, really creatively titled The Matrix Online. And one of the world events that they did um, saw uh, Morpheus get murdered. Yeah. And he was killed by an assassin. And they had like a little ceremony for him later on. So he died in the game. And at the time... They were very big on saying that everything that happened in the game was canon. Like this was if it happened in the game, then you could consider it official canon for the movies. Uh, 
So a lot of people are wondering if that's why, if this guy is a different version of Morpheus or if this guy is not really Morpheus, but somebody similar because Morpheus died. Not sure. Nope. You don't think so? Nope. I'm going with they fucked it up. Okay. No, maybe that could be. I mean, I hadn't heard that explanation yet, so that actually does make a lot of sense. Um, but I don't know. This trailer actually looked good. So mm. I, I'm looking forward to watching the movie, actually. Me too. And it had Neil Patrick Harris, which always makes things better. You know what? That's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> I mean, look at Harold and Kumar. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that was good. All three movies were better with Neil Patrick Harris in them. Um, sent your trailer for Encounter. Yeah, you did. Moving right along. Um, yep. <laughs> no, that's enough. So you sent me an interesting one about Halloween Kills. Yeah, it's just a little teaser. A little, little, little Halloween Kills teaser. And uh, also, uh, apparently Halloween Kills is going to premiere on Peacock and in theaters the same day. There mm-hmm. is no uh, higher price point on Peacock. If you already have a Peacock premiere account, you're all set. Yep. So that's interesting and good. Yeah. Um, had a trailer for Queen Pins based on a true story. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm good with it. Oh, I'm so there for this. I yep. think it looks great. I'm excited. Yep. You said a trailer um, for a cop movie, which I... No, no, no. I, I, I don't know what the it's supposed to be a documentary, but also like a dramatization of a documentary. I, I was confused and I just didn't like it. Agreed. Um, You sent a trailer for Lula Rich. Mm hmm. Kate and I watched all four episodes of that. What'd you think? Did you watch it? No, but Julie and I have it on our list. Okay. Um, I don't want to ruin it. Okay. But this, I'll give you this. This, the, the creators of LuLaRoe, if you will, if you look at the core of it, the way it started was a true entrepreneurship of, of someone who did something to try to make some money Mm -hmm. in an honest, hardworking way and came up with a great product that people loved. And then it just exploded. Mm. And when it exploded and things started getting carried away, they definitely grew too big too fast. But when things started getting carried away, it went to the person's head. And all of a sudden, what started out as a true work their ass off, put the time in, did the work, put in the effort to make this company something became. Well, in the trailer, they say they use the word cult not far off. Mm. So I'll leave it at that. 
um, for you to watch. And then after you guys watch it, I will express some more opinions. And also, um, as my wife who owns a bunch of LuLaRoe clothes, who uh, I, I will I will give you some of her thoughts. Excellent. I look forward to that. So, yeah, we watched all four episodes. They're about 45 minutes apiece. Cool. Yeah. Um, speaking of James Wan from earlier, mm-hmm. he, he's executive producing Aquaman King of Atlantis. This looks like fucking garbage that I don't care about. I have my buddy John, who I play D and D with, and uh, we'll send stuff back and forth on, you know, because he's a big DC guy, big Batman mm-hmm. guy, and uh, so we'll send things back and forth that pertain to superhero things. And uh, I sent him this, and I went, "I'm just going to leave this here." And he's like, "This is why nobody takes DC seriously." I'm like, "Yeah, yep. Yep. yeah, Marvel gets What If, and DC gets fucking Aquaman, King of Atlantis." Um, they have the Harley Quinn show. You know, they did some good, decent animation. Why the fuck they're doing this? I have no idea. And the animation looks like garbage. The story looks like garbage. It's garbage, garbage, garbage on top of garbage. Yep. Absolutely. And then what did Marvel give us? What's it? Uh, what if? No, no. The Hawkeye trailer. Oh, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So we got a trailer for Hawkeye. Looks to be a big comedy. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. Based on the trailer, yeah. Like a uh, Home Alone, Die Hard um, kind of thing. Yeah. Pizza Dog is in it, though. And th- there seem to be two things that most people online are excited about. Pizza Dog and the uh, Steve Rogers, the musical that we get to see yes. briefly in the trailer. <laughs> They're like, yes. we want the actual Steve Rogers, the musical. Um, yeah. That would be great. But yeah, Pizza Dog, I actually read up on this, and it's fucking amazing. Apparently, the run of Hawkeye that this stuff is based on was one of the most popular runs of comic books for a while. And the main writer of it uh, rescued a golden retriever. And when he when he found the dog underneath the car, it was so like malnourished and, and wrecked that he couldn't tell if it was just a baby that was malnourished or if it was an old dog that was getting ready to die. And he rescued him and he was a boon companion and uh, he wanted to like carry on his legacy. So when he was given the Hawkeye book, he didn't know what to do. He was like, oh, how do I make this guy relatable? How do I make him, you know, human? And he gave him this dog and it actually became one of the greatest selling points of the comic series was, you know, Hawkeye befriends this dog that was originally like a mob boss dog by feeding him pizza. And the dog loves pizza, so he becomes Pizza Dog. And he's based on the comic book writer's real dog, and it's just a loving character. He he doesn't have superpowers. He is just a goddamn dog, and it's brilliant. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to this. I'm not as excited as I was for Loki, for sure. But no, I'm looking forward to seeing Hawkeye pass the torch to Kate Bishop. That's going to be fun. So at the beginning of and maybe help me out here. Okay. Uh, I'm trying. At the beginning of Endgame. At the beginning of Endgame. Okay. The opening scene. Is it not Hawkeye with his family, and they all blip out? Correct. Yes. Yes. So a lot of people then were speculating that his daughter was going to become yes. right. 
Yep, because he was training her how to be an archer. Right. So that was just a uh, red herring then? Uh, no. I mean, she could probably still become an archer at some point, but Kate Bishop is a unique independent character in the comics. But yes, originally people thought that his daughter was going to go on to be the new Hawkeye. But in fact, it is going to be Kate Bishop instead. Okay. All right. All right. So I guess same page then. But yeah, the trailer uh, looks great. looks funny. It takes place at Christmas time. Um, which will be right on point because it's coming out on Disney Plus in December. Uh, November 24th. Yeah. Yep. That too. So, yep. Right after Thanksgiving, which is the appropriate time to start celebrating Christmas. Yeah. Uh, final trailer that I sent you was tonight. There's someone inside your house. Interesting. Well, it was actually twist. called there's someone inside your house. Tonight is when you sent it to me. So I yes. don't want people to get confused. Right. Right. Thank you for the um, clarification. Yeah. Yeah. Looks good. Basically the concept is uh, a killer that hunts you down, but uh, turns out that the killer is you. Like they have your face. Might yeah, be interesting. I, I, I think it looks great. Well, it's apparently based on a book. Hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I look forward to it. It's a Netflix. It's going to be on uh, October 8th or 6th or something of that nature. 6th, October 6th on Netflix. Thanks. Yeah. Um, you got any other news? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's hard to top uh, the movie you've been waiting to see for a year and a half. is going to be put on stream uh, home really home uh, Paramount Plus the same day it's going in theaters, which they <laughs> fucking could have done last year. Right. That's that was the big takeaway I have from that. It's like, hey, we're going to do this year what we probably could have just done last year. Mm-hmm. But, uh, probably should yeah. have done last year. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple other things. Um, I feel like we talked about this last week, but. For some reason, it's showing up in this week's notes. We couldn't. Have, I don't know. Um, but the fact that Zoe's getting a Christmas movie on Roku. We did discuss it last week, maybe. Or maybe it re- like we did. Or maybe it was it like directly after we stopped recording. The trailer came out. Mm, maybe. Because, oh, no. You know what it is? You sent it to me on Instagram. And you sent mm. it on. Uh, I, I don't think I sent it to you. I think that I commented. Yes, you commented. to. Yes, you didn't send it to me. Yeah, you, you commented on Instagram on the post five days ago. So, nope, we did not talk about it last week. Okay. So, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is getting a movie. It'll be on Roku. Yeah. It's Roku's first original movie. So, good on them. And uh, it'll be Christmas time. Um, don't know if the show will get another season on Roku or somebody else, but as of right now, this is meant to be a wrap up, which is good. Yeah. And that's what, that's what I say. I'm hoping that they give us, um, a nice wrap up mm-hmm. just in case we get nothing else. Um, true lies is getting a TV reboot at CBS this year. Um, they, they've actually got the. They've got Steve Howey from Shameless to be playing the role of Harry. 
Um, it says this version of Harry will be much like the original version. If the following description is anything to go by, Howie will star as Harry, the role played by, in the film by Schwarzenegger. The character is described as a benign, play it safe, seemingly risk averse computer salesman and devoted family man married with two kids. But in reality, Harry is an undercover operative, a first class spy working for a covert U.S. intelligence organization. And then it says, like the film, Harry's unfulfilled suburban wife is propelled into a life of danger and adventure when she's recruited to work alongside him to save the world as they try to revive their passionless marriage. They haven't cast the wife yet. So I, I don't know that we need a True Lies TV series. I love the movie. I think that it was great as it was. There's no need to go further than that, but okay. Yeah, I don't think it's really necessary. You won't be able to compare the two. No. Um, did you ever watch uh, Love Life with Anna Kendrick on HBO Max? Mm, no, no, I did not. Oh, you got to go back and watch that, man. It was great. Um, there, there's a second season coming out, um, but it's not going to follow her character. It's actually it says that it's uh, going to release on HBO Max October 14th with two episodes released every week. Uh, there'll be 10 episodes total finale airing November 11th of 2021. Um, it's, uh, yeah, as far as I know, like Darby, which is Anna Kendrick's character will be part of it, but she is not going to be the focus of it like last time. Um, but seriously, like I, I loved love life by the end. So I strongly recommend you check it out. Uh, season two of the anthology series from Lionsgate, blah, 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 focuses on Marcus Watkins, Emmy nominee and executive producer William Jackson Harper. As he comes out of a years-long relationship with a woman he thought he was going to be his person, the rope pulled off from under him. He is plunged back into the search for romantic fulfillment that he thought he had already found. So, yeah, I, I, I give that one a hard sell. Check out Love Life. Okay. Um. We've also got they're redoing Nim. This is Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Hmm. Seems unnecessary. Does seem unnecessary. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Do, do, do. I'm just checking my notes. So this last one I'm kind of excited about. Peacock is bringing together two tenants in one show. Husband and wife David and Georgia Tennant are set to star in the streamer's upcoming conspiracy thriller, Hyde. As Deadline reports, Hyde sees Tennant playing a disgraced journalist who uncovers a story with the potential to revive his career, but the revelations continue. He stumbles into a secret much bigger and more dangerous than he anticipated. After learning too much, he becomes a target for unknown adversaries who will stop at nothing to silence him. While on the run, he ends up in a serious accident with extraordinary side effects. The hour-long series is an update on the dual-identity British classic, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. All right, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, and his wife will be in it as well. So, fuck yeah. I'll watch that. Yep. Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah. And I'll say it now because I've been seeing it all day. Apparently, Netflix is going to be doing an anime of Tomb Raider, and they are going to have Haley Atwell voice Lara Croft. So that'll be cool. Oh, yeah, and Hulu is going up a dollar. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So. I uh, 
I think that's all that I got this week, though. You you still got to tell us about your thoughts on Crime Scene Kitchen, though. Oh, yeah. So the wife and I watched the first few episodes of Crime Scene Kitchen, and we really liked it a lot. Um, I like that they cook two things in each episode. The first mm-hmm. thing is more along the lines of like, oh, okay, now we know how the kitchen works. Like for people that have never been in there before, like now we really know what we need to look for and how it works. And then the second thing, everyone always seems to do better on the second thing they bake than the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the wife and I really liked it a lot. We watched two or three. We just watched the first two episodes, I think. Um, we discovered, we discussed the fact that you couldn't really do this with any other cooking. Right. Yeah, because um, baking is so specific, and like the clues that yeah. they leave are really very particular to that kind of stuff. Yes, they are. And sometimes they're super duper vague. Mm-hmm. Did you find so. yourselves yelling at the screen at all, especially Kate? <laughs> no. No, we did not. Give it time. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, I'll yeah, tell you no, this. We liked it a lot. Did it throw you off? Like the first episode, there's six competitors and one team gets kicked off. Then the second episode, it's a whole different batch of six. Yes. And one team gets kicked off. Yeah. And then I think all 10 go together now. Nope. In the third episode. No. Okay. Nope. It won't be until there's three left on each team. Once there's three left on each team, then they combine them and it becomes another okay. six. And it makes me think, it made us both think that they filmed both first episodes on the same day at the same time mm-hmm. in two different studios because the judges are wearing the same exact clothes. Yep. And with the fact that there's so much baking time in between, I could totally see them starting one, starting them baking. They leave, go to the next one, start that one, start <laughs> them baking. You know what I mean? I could see yep. them going back and forth and timing it out that way. Absolutely. Good. I'm so, glad you guys enjoyed it. I, I thought yeah. it was a very unique cooking uh, challenge. And, we probably uh, would have watched more, but we ended up watching all four episodes of that LuLaRoe yeah. documentary. So Cool. Yeah. I'm very much looking forward. I, I'm not going to talk a lot about it, but I will say three weeks from today is the day that Julie and I move in together. Um, That's going to be awesome. So I'm very much looking forward to instead of just saying, oh, it's on our list to be able to say, yeah, every night we have the opportunity to catch up on shows, watch shows, you know, do what we want to do. And uh, so it's going to be a lot easier than this whole planning it around a date night. Yeah, we live an hour apart from each other. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be a game changer. No doubt it about is. it. And uh, we'll probably mention it before then, but that. Uh, that week we won't be recording a podcast because I will be balls deep and moving and all my stuff will be stripped down and I won't have anything to do with it. So yeah, we're definitely not recording that week. So yeah. So the first week of October, we will not have an episode. So yes. Yep. I figured as much because I didn't even, because like, honestly, the way internet works these days, I'd be surprised if we had an episode the second week, they got (laughs) you hooked up by then. Uh, I've already called Spectrum and have it set to go live on October 4th. Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> we you have shall. more faith than I. Yes. Yes, so. I do. <laughs> Anyhow. All right. Well, you can find me on the Twitter machine. I'm uh, Superstar Mel. I'm the Quantum Geek, G33K. That's the Shizo. No. That's the show? Yes. Okay, that, so that is the show. That's the show. Talk to you next week.